Okay, hello everyone, my name is Chris, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, well then, welcome to the first episode where we combine deep philosophical concepts or just deep thoughts with Mario Kart, right, my two favorite passions, uh, deep thinking, and Mario Kart Wii. So, yeah, so welcome. I'm really excited to be doing this. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I did do this in the past quite a few times, but, um, and I still have those videos uploaded to YouTube. I just made them all private, mostly because, I don't know, they were just negative and really ranty and ravey and kind of just didn't really do justice to the topics that I was talking about. So I figured that, you know, I try again starting a little bit more professionally. It's still kind of immature and unprofessional, but that's kind of the point. It's kind of just for fun. I'm doing this podcast for fun. I am on an intellectual journey where I basically study and talk about things that I find interesting and um, share it with people, whether it's through this podcast, if you're listening to it on um, iTunes or Spotify or on YouTube or BitChute, whatever whatever your preferred platform is, um, especially because as I'm learning these ideas, um, I find myself talking about them a lot to myself and kind of losing my mind in the process. And so by talking about these ideas, by sharing these ideas, just knowing that some people might be listening, um, it feels nice and it helps me to stop thinking about these and think about more other things, new, new things. So yeah, this is the first episode. This is so exciting. (laughs) Ain't that just exciting? Yeah. Super exciting. So for this episode, I decided that I talk about something pretty basic, pretty simple, I feel like by the end of the episode, you'll feel a bit like I thought about it too deeply. But that's the point. That's the point of podcasts and philosophy is that you're supposed to think so deeply about something to the point where you kind of forget what it is that you're actually talking or thinking about. So the topic for today is intelligence. Um, And, you know, this is kind of a easy topic to jump into. I didn't really do any research on it or any really, I didn't read any books on it. It was kind of more just like asking a question that was interesting to me, right? What is intelligence? Because intelligence is one of those things that I've always cared about a lot. And I think a lot of people do. Everyone likes to be intelligent. Everyone likes to be seen as intelligent, but when you really wonder or ask yourself, what is intelligence? What is it exactly? And so it just got me thinking, especially because um, I like to spend my time on Quora sometimes. And I like to read what people say. And one of the questions was, what is an intelligent person? What are intelligent people like? And um, I just found myself kind of just 
disagreeing with a lot of the answers on Quora and what people are saying because a lot of people said, well, intelligent people are like this. They're like really quiet and introverted and they only speak unless they actually have something profound to say or whatever trait or stuff they give. And so I was just disagreeing about that. And so let me look at my notes. So in my opinion, when you ask this question, what is intelligence? Intelligence to me, to, to me is an ambiguous term. Intelligence really doesn't mean anything. When someone calls you intelligent, when someone says you're intelligent, in my opinion, I see it more as like a compliment or someone liking what you do. Um, right? It's not something... It's not that you actually are intelligent, whatever intelligence means, as we will define it later. Intelligence is just acting in a way that people agree with, that people like. Because you can take one action, and depending on the people that observe your action, it can appear really smart or really stupid. And so you could say that intelligence is relative. It's kind of like it's kind of like determining if someone is normal or not, right? Someone is going to be considered normal in American culture if they're, I don't know, overweight. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. But if you're overweight in a country that's poor and has very little food, that's going to be abnormal, right? So that's kind of what intelligence is. It's relative. It depends on the people around you and judging you, especially when you have to wonder like where the authority comes from. Like who is the person that determines what intelligence actually is? Who is the person that decides if you're intelligent or not, right? Who is the judge? Cause I see a lot of, you know, quote unquote, dumb people, people that I perceive to be dumb, you know, judging people as really intelligent. And it's like, well, how are you qualified to even say that someone is intelligent if you're kind of a dumb person yourself and then what about me like how am i even qualified to say that you're dumb and say that you shouldn't be qualified to judge if that person's intelligent right so you have to wonder where that authority comes from what is that authority and maybe there really is no authority maybe there really is no objective standard and that the standard is individualistic it's up to a person's subjective values about whether or not someone is intelligent, which goes back to the idea that when someone calls you intelligent, they just, you're, you're aligning with their values and they really like how you align with their values. And so, you know, and there's no such thing as objective value, really. Because everyone has different lives and different perspectives. And what's good for one person may not be so good for another. And I guess you could say intelligence or values, what really makes someone intelligent is if they know their values, if they understand their values, they're able to articulate their values and act upon their values and gain values. That's what intelligence really is about. Intelligence is about successfully pursuing and obtaining your values but you can't really judge 
that the only person right no one can judge how intelligent you are because your values are unique to you only you can determine what's good for you only you can decide whether you're pursuing the right values or not right so it's a very personal it's a very right it's about being honest with yourself it doesn't matter what other people think it doesn't matter if other people think you're smart or not it's what you think and what you know and you know so one sec i need to think for a second to get back on track um because i got lost <laughs> lost my train of thought um so yes it depends on a person's values and those values are something you have to figure out yourself and i guess you could say because we're all humans we all one way or another have the same values at the end of the day because we're all humans and humans all need the same things we all need to eat we all need to sleep so you could say your really intelligence is about being able to get enough sleep to eat right because those are paramount or fundamental values that everyone needs to pursue to live a quality and happy life and i guess this video isn't really even about intelligence anymore because it's more about well what is a quality life what is a happy life why should someone pursue happiness does happiness matter and then the, the other question is what is happiness right what is happiness is happiness something we can obtain is happiness something that matters um, and I guess that's for another episode. I guess I'll talk about happiness and what I think happiness is and how we should pursue happiness. But for today, we have to stick to intelligence, right? Because, and I guess what I'm trying to say here is that intelligence kind of leads us to a dead end or not really a dead end, but it doesn't, you can't just talk about intelligence and just leave it there. Intelligence leads to, to other things like happiness, like I said. But going back to what I was originally talking about, isn't is intelligence objective or subjective? Right? Because we all have this kind of intuitive sense that if, if someone is intelligent or not, right? We can just feel it like, yeah, that's a smart person. But maybe again, as I said, that's just us seeing someone identify with our values. Um right and especially because i don't know even if someone disagrees with our values we can still perceive them as intelligent in some way right because we can see very highly intelligent people have debates and discussions and disagree with each other right they're both really intelligent and it's not even really what they're talking about that there's a right or wrong answer it's that they're both really focused on um, figuring something out and that they have an opinion on the subject. And I guess you could say someone who has no opinions, someone who doesn't really know what to think, someone who doesn't really think at all is a dumb person. Um, and that's what stupidity is, not thinking. And intelligence is thinking. I guess that's as simple as it is. It really doesn't matter what you're thinking about. It doesn't matter how fast you're thinking. It doesn't matter that you're thinking stupid thoughts. Just the fact that you're thinking about something and that you're making progress and knowledge, 
that's what intelligence is about. And the more that you do this, the more intelligent you are. The less that you do this, the more stupid you are. And I guess that's like a really simple and basic definition for what intelligence is. I guess you could say intelligence is not really something that people are. There's no such thing as an intelligent person or a stupid person, right? People are not stagnant intelligent or stagnant stupid. It's more of something that intelligence is expressed or possessed or demonstrated when people at different times and at different reasons and at different perspectives. And it's something that everyone has at some times. Some have it more than others, depending on the perspective, but it's something that people possess in different ways. Um, Right, so like, for example, there's like this chart that I found online or I heard from a TED talk, I I can't even remember, but there's this chart that shows that there's a lot of different intelligences, right? There's analytical intelligence, there's grammatical and literary intelligence, there's musical intelligence, there's mathematical intelligence, there's extroverted intelligence, right? Being able to socialize, being able to harmonize with the people around you. There's introspective intelligence, right? Interpersonal intelligence versus intrapersonal intelligence, right? And you could even say that skills are different forms of intelligence, like being able to organize things around you, being able to maintain a clean space is an intelligence of its own. Fishing is a form of intelligence, right? How proficient you are at fishing, how proficient you are at or being proficient at running a company or, I don't know, doing things on time. Like all of those different skills or being able to draw. I don't know why I keep adding different skills, but being able to draw, being able to... um being able to program, like each of those different skills are different forms of intelligences. And and everyone has these different intelligences one way or another. Some people might not be quote-unquote brainy or super into literature and have a big vocabulary, but they might be super extroverted and super friendly and super nice and they know how to socialize with people because they spend a lot of time talking instead of reading and so a lot of people would consider them stupid or not very intelligent but being able to socialize and harmonize with people is an intelligence of its own and should be respected in its own right um so yeah, everyone is intelligent in some way, and everyone is stupid in some way, right? Not everyone can do math, right? But the people that can do math are very intelligent mathematically, while those same people that are really good at math, they might not be very good socially, right? They might not be very socially intelligent. They might not be very artistically intelligent or musically intelligent, So I guess that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make is that intelligence is ambiguous and it's something that can be seen in everyone. Because I don't think there's such thing as a stupid person or a smart person. We just have different skills and weaknesses and it's about being able to use our strengths 
and our skills to live a quality and happy life? That's what the real question or big picture is here. Um, But I don't know. Continuing on, we could try and provide a more objective definition of intelligence. Like, you know, you could say that IQ, your intelligence quotient, I mean, it's literally, right, intelligence is in it. You could say that that is the best indicator or predictor of an intelligent person. And I don't know, like in my opinion, I feel like your intelligence quotient is only one part of the picture or one piece of a person's intelligence. Because in my opinion, this is just my theory of of an intellect, right? What What compromises the intellect of a person? And I think there's three different categories or three different, um, there's three different pieces. So the first piece is um, knowledgeable intelligence, which I like to call it your KQ, right? Your knowledge quotient. This is how much you know about the world, right? This is all the facts you know. This is everything that you know out of the knowledge that is unknown, right? And knowledge quotient is, and this is what I said earlier, this is like the skills that you have. These are the things that you know how to do that come naturally to you, right? These are the things that you just know, right? And everyone has, everyone has a knowledge quotient. And I guess some people could have it lower than others. Like I said, this is just my own theory, like knowledge quotient, it probably sounds ridiculous, Right, I haven't read any like scientists or research papers on this. This is just my own theory and just what I think about in my own mind. Um, right, and so everyone has different knowledge about different things, and there's an opportunity cost to knowledge because omniscience is not something that can ever be obtained, right? Knowledge is asymptotic right? It's an asymptote, right? Knowledge gets closer and closer and closer to the asymptote, but it never actually gets there because it's impossible to reach the asymptote. It just gets infinitely closer without actually touching the end, right? And with knowledge, there's an opportunity cost. You only have so much life on this earth, so many years left, and you can only spend your time learning certain things. And so... And so that's your knowledge quotient. It's how much you know out of what you don't know, um, out of the limited time you know. And it it always goes up. Like your knowledge quotient goes up slowly over time because the longer you live, the more you learn, the more you learn, the more you know, right? So it steadily goes up. um, And when we're born, it rises exponentially and then right? Because when you're a kid, you're learning things so fast and so quickly at an exponential rate. After, right, and then it slowly gets a little bit flat, right? Imagine a graph. It goes up exponentially, starts to flatten out, and then when you reach like 25, depending on the person you are, it probably goes up very, very slowly. Now, for some people, it probably keeps rising, but it will never rise as fast as it did when you were a child, So, 
your knowledge quotient is dependent on the other two quotients, which is your intelligent quotient, which is your IQ, and then the other one, the last category, which is your RQ, which is your rational quotient. And I like to call this your volitional intelligence. Um, your volitional intelligence is how much you activate your mind and how much you apply it and use it and develop it. So this is about, I like to think of it as, so one of my favorite philosophers or thinkers is Ayn Rand. And she talked about this concept about seizing the reins of your mind, which is very much about taking control of your mind and shifting it into gear. I don't know. She uses all of these analogies um, to kind of explain what she's talking about. But for most people, and for most of the time, we kind of live in this daze, kind of like zombies. We kind of act on our subconscious. We kind of do things without thinking about them. We just do things very naturally and intuitively. And we don't actively think or think about what we're talking about. And you could say this is metacognition, um, right? Being able to step outside of yourself and think about what you're thinking about to be conscious of your own thinking. It's almost like meditation, right? I think P.D. Ospensky talked about this in uh, one of his books, uh, The Psychology of Man's Possible Evolution, right? Where psychology, where he kind of critiqued or he criticized psychology, right? Because psychology today analyzes the mind as it is when it's in its days, but what we should be doing with psychology is stepping outside of our minds and seeing how we can use our mind um, to where we like take control of our minds, where we step outside of ourselves in a very almost kind of spiritual way. Either you understand what I'm talking about at this point or you're completely lost. But that's your RQ. It's your rational quotient. It's like, how often can you be rational? right? Can you, can you control yourself? Can you, are you disciplined? And you could say discipline is a knowledge of its own and it's something that you learn, but you know, your RQ, a a really good way to think about it. Think of your IQ as the car that you drive, right? So the higher your IQ, the faster your car and the more efficient your car, right? So if you have a really high IQ, you probably have like a Ferrari or like a Lamborghini, right? Some really fast sports car or whatever. And then if you have a really low IQ, you probably drive some old, right, um, diesel truck that is all rust- rusty, right? And it's really slow and it breaks down a lot, right? So it's really hard to get to where you need to go. Your RQ, on the other hand, is the driver and the car. And so... You could have a really high IQ, but if the person driving the car can't focus his mind, if he can't put his, if he can't shift his mind into gear, if he's constantly distracted by things, right? He might know a lot and he might be really effective, right? Because your IQ is your cognitive intelligence. It's your ability to think about things, right? How fast you pick things up, how observant you are, how, how, um, how likely you are to apply the things you've learned, that's your IQ. So, which means you're really fast. You can get to where you need to go quickly. But if you don't have a destination, if you don't know, if you don't know how to apply your mind, if you can't 
use your mind to benefit your life, then your IQ is kind of dead, right? And your, your RQ is really important and everyone has access, access to a high RQ, um, right? Everyone can increase their rational quotient, right? It's a choice, right? Your rational quotient is a decision. It's something that you choose. And choice is free will. So it's up to you. And it's, and Ayn Rand said this. It's a choice that you constantly have to make every second of your life of, of every day. Right? It's something that never ends. You're always choosing to seize the reins of your mind. Otherwise, you just live in a daze, in a haze, where you just watch your life like a movie instead of actually engaging in your life and being proactive. Right? Because... You can have the fastest car in the world, but if you don't know where you're going, you can drive all over the place and never get to where you need to go. Now, you might get to where you need to go faster, even though you don't have a map and you don't know where you're going, than say someone with a really slow and shitty car. Because if you have a really slow car, then you're just never going to get there, especially if you have a low RQ. So, right, and going back to your... so. Let's go. So let's just recap. There's your RQ, which is your rational quotient, your volitional intelligence. There's your IQ, which is your cognitive intelligence. And then there's your KQ, which is your knowledgeable intelligence. So those are the three pillars of the intellect. And um, and um, when it comes to these things you could and you could really guess like if someone has a lot of cognitive intelligence and a lot of volitional intelligence but they don't have a lot of knowledge they're probably really young right and they don't know a lot of things so they're very clever and they're very good at applying what they've learned but they don't have wisdom someone on the other hand who has a high um, knowledge intelligence but a low iq they probably have a lot of wisdom, they're just not very clever, right? They're not they're not very good at putting the things that they've learned into action, right? They're really slow thinkers, but they can still know a lot. Um, and then your IQ is something that you could say it's dependent on your IQ or even your KQ because it's something that you discover. Like once you discover a certain level of knowledge, you finally start to realize that there's this thing called your rational quotient where you have to take control of your mind. Because before I didn't know about it until I read Ayn Rand, where it's like, oh yeah, there's this thing where I take control of my mind. But before I never knew about that. So they're kind of all intertwined in a way. And so if you build up one, the other one will build two. Cognitive, your IQ is the only one that you really can't change. You're kind of stuck with it. The other two, though, you can always build those and form a really important aspect of your intelligence. So that's how I objectively understand intelligence. And um, that's how I really break it down. So hopefully I didn't over-repeat myself or kind of bore you, but um, really just wanted to make sure I didn't lose anything. Um you know, another way that I define intelligence or a really good way to see it in action is that intelligent people think long term about things. So this is so in my opinion, 
Stupid people live in the present. Broken people live in the past. And intelligent people, high quality people, right? Well, as I said, intelligence can be seen as a compliment or just another word for goodness, right? Goodness, goodness, intelligent people, whatever. Intelligent people live in the future, right? So intelligent people act as if the present has already happened. Like they already know what's going to happen. Like they've gotten a sneak peek into the future. So they have this kind of intuitive, detached, like very all-knowing attitude where it's like, well, if I already seen what's happened, I know how exactly to handle it when it comes to the present, right? And I feel like the more intelligent you are, the more deeply you can see into the future, the more, the more you can sense the world, the more aware you are, I feel like, um, right? And this kind of contradicts my last um, definition, I feel like, because, right, someone can be really, really clever, but just not very aware, while someone with a lot of wisdom is very, very aware, but they don't exactly know how to, right? They're just not clever, right? I don't know. It's kind of like, um, I really, I really, really like astrology and the symbolism in astrology. And so, um, there's these two signs, uh, Gemini and Sagittarius and, um, Gemini is ruled by Mercury and Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. And Mercury is the planet of cognition, of intellect, um, your skills, right? It's basically your ability to think and to communicate and it's, it's cleverness really, right? Because Mercury is the god Hermes, right? Because Mercury takes in all of this information, right? Because he's the communicator. He's the messenger, right? He takes in all of the information from one god and then he sends the message to another god. So he's really good at communicating and he holds all this information and he knows all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, he's a messenger. He's not a thinker. He doesn't judge. He just knows a lot and he knows how to think and he knows how to analyze. Jupiter, on the other hand, is the god himself, right? He's the god um, Zeus, right? Because Zeus is the king. He's the king god. So he's the final judge. He may not know everything. He may not be clever. He, right? He's not like a calculator, like the messenger, right? He's not artificial intelligence, but he has kind of an intelligence of its own, which is more of kind of like belief or spirituality or the sense of good and bad, right? There's this thing, there's good things and there's bad things. And he's able to judge and he's able to act in a way with purpose, right? And so that's kind of its own intelligence. And um, so, yeah, I just really wanted to show you that those are the two kinds of intelligences and in how a truly intelligent person is both clever and wise. They're both highly analytical and logical, but they have a sense of purpose and a belief about them, right? They're not just mindless calculators just doing all of this um, trivial calculations that don't add up to anything. So anyway, back to my description of an intelligent person. Um, intelligence, intelligent people have kind of an intuitive 
third eye, very hyper aware, where they kind of just, they're so smart that they kind of just know things, right? And they know things before they happen. And then you could say a really dumb person, and I already said this earlier, dumb people are people who don't think about anything. They just don't think and they don't have opinions. Idiots are hopelessly lost in the present, right? So idiotic people are hyper-reactive. They're easily distracted by every little insignificant thing in their lives. Um, They heavily rely on stimulation and instant gratification to fill up the emptiness of their fragmented minds, right? And so they ultimately run around in circles, achieving useless and contradictory goals, and they do it very ineffectively. So not only are they achieving goals that serve them no purpose, but they do it poorly and without a, a good sense of reasoning or map of the world. Intelligent people, on the other hand, are proactive rather than reactive. They seem to already know the mistakes that they're going to make before they even make them. They can figure out how they're going to fail before they even fail. And so when they really do fail, it's like they aren't even failing, right? So unlike stupid people who resent, blissfully ignore, or are shocked or get demolished by their failures because they don't see them coming because they don't have this future-oriented mind where they can look into the future and see the possibilities or the potential or what could possibly happen to them. These people are overwhelmed by their failures, and so they even look more ridiculous, and they act even more irrational when they fail, and so they keep spiraling downward. Right. Intelligent people welcome their failures with great depth and clarity. It's almost like intelligent people are, they're scientific, right? Because when they fail, it's not that they're actually failing. It's more like they're testing something out and seeing if it works or not, right? Because right? Because that's what you do when you experiment. It's like, did it work or not? Okay, that didn't work. So let's try it this way. So they're not really failing. It's more like they're trying different things. And depending on what they observe, they gain knowledge about what they observe, So that's an intelligent person, right? And you could say, which leads us to the greater big picture here, it's not about intelligence, it's about living a quality life, right? Intelligent, high quality, good people are proactive in nature. They mark and carve the world around them to their own ideals and dreams, right? They are the painter as opposed to the canvas. Intelligent people are their own person with their own will, right? They have a high RQ. They have a high rational quotient. They are not zombies. They step outside of themselves and can see themselves and shift their mind into gear, right? They aren't a programmed machine waiting to get their buttons pushed by some manipulator or liar or someone who promises them, um some fantasy or pipe dream and they are not a carbon copy unconscious zombie that cannibalizes out of envy and resentment right intelligent people are bright in a way right right they're lights right where the where where there's darkness intelligent people are lights right this is why brightness is this 
is used as a synonym for intelligence, right? Because they shine light where, where there's darkness. It's like they're turned on. It's like there's a real purpose. There's a real soul inside the body. And so to me, that's what intelligence is. That's what makes an intelligent person. So yeah, I think that's everything that I wanted to say for intelligence. There's a lot there. And um, yeah, I hoped you enjoyed the first episode. And um, I'm not sure how often I'm going to make these podcasts or these um, videos, depending on which platform you're watching on. Um, But yeah, stay tuned for the second episode.